clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. Rainbows high and deep into the end zone. And it is caught. Caught, caught for a touchdown. A leaping touchdown. Captain goes. He'll be chased and he is gone. 97 yards. Does he get both feet in right here at the end, Jim? What are they going to roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? He did what? He runs to the 50. He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. We are seeing another spectacular effort by Marino, who fires. Touchdown! Oh, that's loose. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. There's a prayer. to the end zone, which is fought for by Tate with Jennings simultaneous. Who has it? Who do they give it to? Touchdown! 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 All right, so this week we don't have uh, Fred's fortune to start off the show. It's so funny. You press start and I was waiting for the audio to play. <laughs> I was like, dude, you said we're going. Where's the audio? <laughs> But yeah, so for those of you who didn't listen to our last thing, we did simultaneous catch on the road, headed to the Buffalo-Miami game, and we made our friend's fortune then, and both of us were wrong. Both of us were wrong. Kyle Williams did have an offensive touch, and he was in the game on the goal line in the first possession. Still wrong. I was so ready to be right. <laughs> it was, they were on the goal line, I was like, oh my gosh, it's going to happen right away. Right away. It was the first yeah. drive, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. And then... It's funny because they show the replay of the Kyle Williams reception. Uh, Kyle Williams had a 13-yard reception at the end of the game, for those of you who didn't watch. And um, Charles Clay was wide open in the end zone on the play. And I remember uh, Dave and McDermott were like, Allen made the right choice. I mean, <laughs> I, also, there was like, I feel like that play was always designed just to go to him. Right. But uh, so, yeah, obviously I didn't get it right. and I also did not get mine right, so. Don't really need to talk too much about that. Also, Uncle Jim, I don't know if you're listening, but for, I don't know if you got the concept <laughs> of French Fortune. Is we're not supposed to know until after the episode. For your information. Next week. I appreciate your enthusiasm <laughs> commenting on our post. But <laughs> yeah, no, it was fun. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, it went very poorly for yeah. the Dolphins at the end, but that's okay. I mean, it's always fun to see you getting excited. It was really, it was cool. I felt really bad. It was so funny for this. We were sitting down at the game, and every time we would score, or you would because early on we were up fourteen nothing, and there were a couple picks. I kept turning over and like patting you, and you were like, "You don't have to comfort me, buddy. Just enjoy the game." <laughs> I was just glad I said it, but the whole time I was like, "I'm having so much fun because this is great. I just hope that you're still having fun." So I'm glad. You said that you were still having fun. Yeah, I mean that's that's <laughs> that's what it's. I mean, I I wanted to pick Buffalo, right? I mean, right. And I, 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 I said that in the in the video, and which is funny because what, I I feel really bad about that now because the only reason I won Pal's picks was because you didn't pick Buffalo because had you, we would have ended in a tie. Ah, that's okay. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a hot second, though. But I mean. I said to you and like some people that were poking fun at me behind me and whatnot. I was like, "We got ours in Miami. I want you guys to have yours here." And That's obviously, true. since you're there, like I want. It's funny. I would never. I would never 
want the game to go the way it did in right. Miami's favor when we were there. Like, yeah. if it's a tight game where, like, a couple years ago we were there and Miami yeah. won, like, I thought that was exciting. That was fun because right. that was a good game. Yeah. But if it was, like, a blowout, I'd be like, oh, like, this is, like, your thing. Like, right. this is your space. So right. I was I was happy to see you up and dancing yeah. and to play Shout <laughs> more than any time that you played all season long. I mean, and... it's... <laughs> Actually, No. <laughs> no, we scored 55 points against the Jets. <laughs> oh, see, but that was in their stadium. That's so true. There was no That's fair. Shout. That's fair. Um, <laughs> but yeah. It was um, fun. We had, we had nice hecklers. The it wasn't, guy, it wasn't super bad. The guys behind us kept going, boo you, except you seem like a really nice guy. <laughs> it was but a, yes, you. It was a nice day. You did win Powell's picks. I did. For the year, so congratulations. One, one game. Which is awesome. Uh, you're right now. I feel... Bad that That's what I said the whole thing about like ah. I, I just feel bad now because Miami. we would have ended in a tie. We would have <laughs> had to find a tiebreaker. <laughs> but yeah, um, unfortunately, I think it's lame that we are like this one's going to be up to the listeners to pick a bet, and nobody and suggested nobody anything. anything. <laughs> I was so surprised because I feel like we are actually getting some like pretty interactive things with. I that. mean, we did have people people ask questions. We appreciate that. And that nobody was said that, so I. You don't have to just ask you. questions if we go live. You can ask us questions during the week. Got you your vanilla coke. Vanilla Coke and a Take 5 king size bar. I was very happy about that. I almost was late to work for that. Worth it. Could not find the freaking Take 5. Anyways. Hi, everybody. My name's Josh Lapping. I'm Adam Jeffrey Rossi. Welcome to Simultaneous Catch. If you stuck with us this far, thanks. Thank playoff times, guys. It is playoff believe, time. I can't believe that the playoffs start tomorrow. Because I'm sick. But that's fine. I have... In, like, a cool way... Sick, yeah, man. Sick, yo. I'm sick. No, not really. Josh is feeling a little under the weather. But I got my hanky, which Adam thinks is gross. It's disgusting, and but it's okay. I had some medicine that has alcohol. Ooh. It's 10%, man. I've never <laughs> seen that. Like, that's a freaking can I, shot. Can I take a shot? Yeah, I mean, like, we're going to get drunk. That's stronger than a beer. <laughs> what's I don't really know what that means when it says 10%. What's like, funny, it can't though, be the same as alcohol. When you see, uh, if you look at an old label for, like, coffee, in cold medicine back in the day there was like chloroform in it and yeah, medicine is weird man. And all these crazy cokey stuff coke exactly you know, so it's a weird time i wish we lived back then uh, i don't know i don't know about that that's true there are so many things that i mean we'll, we'll get talking about football in a second here but <laughs> there are so many things about the world we live in today that i love and like i love social media and like it can be very bad and detrimental but i think it's more often than not it's a great tool for people and I, I love being able to open my laptop and watch a football game instead of having to be, you know, listening to it on the radio or something like that. So yeah. there are a lot of technological advances that I love a lot. I love my iPhone. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not attached to it, but I love it. And there's yeah. something okay about that. But there are a lot of other things like let's go down to the Shake Shack and get a milkshake and a burger. You're looking at me right funny. <laughs> if you ever said let's go to the Shake Shack, I'd be like, get out of my house. Let's go to the show. Nope. <laughs> All right. So that's a, since I'm being a drama queen, yeah. that was my transition into this next topic. Okay. Because we have some Pittsburgh Steelers drama. Yeah. They're not even in the dance. They're still drama. I am baffled by how quick this team fell apart. Because at the end of last year, we were talking about them being a favorite because they had Bell and Brown and Juju and Ben and Tomlin. It was like, oh my gosh, they're stacked. And now all of a sudden... Bell probably won't play for them next year. Brown may not play for them next year. They're talking about Tomlin being on the hot seat. Yeah, it's I, just, okay. I mean, I think he's okay, too. And I'm just mentioning that everything fell apart so quick. What yeah. happened? 
I don't know. It's it's definitely strange, especially for a franchise that's had such good sustained success. success. I mean, yeah, Tomlin's one of the longest tenured coaches in the league. In a league where there is so much turnover in coaches, and this leads me into – so I told Josh beforehand, I have so many tidbits this week that I'm just going to try to fit them all in during it. Perfect. But I want. But this is a thing about there's so much head coach turnover. So it says there are currently eight NFL openings, right? Over the most since like 2013. Exactly. Over half of the coaches at their jobs less than three years. The ones that were fired. Yeah. So it's either we're not doing a good job of picking the right coaches or we aren't sticking with them long enough. So longevity at the top is insane. Like both. Listen, there's Bill Belichick, who's the longest tenured coach at 19 years. And then there's only three other co- coaches in the league that have over 10 years. And it's Tomlin and Peyton with 12 and John Harbaugh with 11. Okay. Who almost got fired. So, or parted ways at least. So, there's Sean McDermott is now the second longest tenured head coach in the AFC East. Yeah. And it's just going to be his third year. So, I, it, it's just, there's so many, so much head coaching turnover. And I mean, I think a reason why the Steelers have been so successful is because they haven't had that. But, and I, I mean, we're going to talk about Brown right now. But so, I guess to start this off, I want to know whose side you're on. I'm on the Steelers' side. Okay. I don't really feel like there is much support to be had for AB. I don't. Okay. I don't truly understand. It's funny because I saw people tweet about. I don't like. I saw somebody tweet that they didn't understand why people couldn't side with Brown. Do you side with Antonio Brown? No, I don't. I think I, he's being stupid. I well, I mean, that's a. <laughs> I mean, who am I to say that word? But. I don't. I mean, you are one of the highest paid receivers in the league. Most people say you're the best receiver in the league, which I people definitely but. make that argument. Uh, I mean, definitely at least top five. Oh yeah, without a doubt. And I don't understand where you go and you want to be this leader. Last year, two years ago, like you were barking to become this this guy, and then you become it. And then the thing is, I also don't understand why we. There's so little information. I, I mean, like, say, we've been hearing about, like, how he has a spat between between Big Ben and, and Tomlin, and so he's not showing up. But this whole thing about the injury, I, I don't – I remember because I talked about it when we were on the road. I was like, he's going to play. It's fine. Right. And then he didn't, and, and I feel like it's back. all made up. I don't think he's hurt. I don't. Oh, I don't think he was either. I Obviously, we don't even, – even if we knew all the things that were reported, we still wouldn't know everything. Right. But we don't even know everything that was reported right now. But – I was listening to the radio the other day, and they mentioned that in the practice leading up, A.B. ran the wrong route, and Ben chewed him out in front of everybody, and apparently A.B. didn't like that that much, that he was chewing him out, which, on one side of the corner, I can kind of sort of get, like, you're the star, that's your boy, you don't need to chew me out, but at the same time, I feel like it is more incumbent upon you as the star to take that standing up and being like, you know what, you're right, I messed up. I need to be better. And that sets an example for all the younger players that Antonio Brown, the quote-unquote best receiver in the NFL, can still mess up and admit that he messes up. Like, that's a good moment for a star to be able to, to do that. And, that's a really Antonio, great point. And so why can't you just be like, you know what, you're right. Even if you didn't even if you didn't run the wrong route, then get back into bed and be like, no, I didn't. This is what I did wrong. And make it a teaching moment. Figure it out instead of being like, oh, I'm injured now. I'm not going to play. And you know what? They ended up winning the game. It didn't matter anyway, so who cares? But... Still, I just I don't get I don't get where all this is stemming from, and to me, it speaks volumes of there must be a much more deep seated disconnect between those three people 
uh, Brown, Ben, and Mike. For some reason, the three of them can't get on the same page because Brown is also, I mean, they also reported that Brown has been very upset that uh, Mike Tomlin, quote, lets Ben get away with everything, end quote, and he doesn't like that because Brown doesn't get away with a lot of stuff and all this stuff. It's just, I don't understand it. I don't think he's going to be on the Steelers next year. And so they're going to be out their top two weapons for the last three years. Well, and that's <laughs> a good transition because does that mean he won't be in Pittsburgh? And you said... I don't think he will be. I don't see how he can be. I don't see, because of the Le'Veon Bell issue and how all of that played out, I can't see the Steelers making another risk like that. Yeah. I think they're going to know that they have to trade him. Yeah. They have to get something in return. And the tricky thing is is that if they trade him before June 1st, they're on the they're on the books for $21 million no matter what. Okay. Because it's guaranteed money. Okay. But if they trade him after, or trade him or cut him post-June 1st, then they don't have to pay nearly as much money for him. Oh. So that's where it becomes tricky because the trade market would be, would be interesting for a 30-year-old wide receiver who... Is arguably the best, but still, Amari Cooper's deal was so big for the first round pick because he's 24, 25 years old. Yeah. Antonio Brown's 30. He's going to be 31 at the start of the next season. So I don't know what the trade market or value would be for him. Certainly, every other team in the NFL would be interested in adding Antonio Brown. It's just the I price. Feel like, so, yeah. But the other thing about it is if you can't trade him until June 1st or after because of the money and the cap situation, then. Teams have already made their full draft. They've already gone through free agency. Then you do, like most teams feel comfortable with who they have at that point heading into training camp. Yeah, there aren't too many trades that happen you around know? that time of the year. See, like that's that's interesting because I've been hearing and like reading. Now, obviously, this is all rumor season and whatnot for the twenty-four teams that aren't in the playoffs. Yeah, and everybody's like, Green Bay would be great. Be interesting. But if they couldn't move them until after, like I'd be like, yeah, okay, you can trade like the twelfth pick. I'll take AB for the twelfth pick. I don't think you're gonna get a player of his caliber at the twelfth overall. I'm pick. actually happy that you're but the one that said it because I feel like you're you would always be the one that'd be like, that's too much. But I feel like that's worth it. No, I feel like you need to you need to know that a player who's gonna impact your team right now, you're probably not gonna get that as a rookie right and there. AB's been one of the most consistent receivers ever. Yeah, definitely. So. But if, if you couldn't do that until after the draft at that point, then like, it's off. I feel like that'd be off the table. I'm, I'm sit, I never – I didn't think about – what's funny is I didn't even think about Green Bay. And I'm sitting here thinking about possibly Josh McDaniels coaching A.B., catching passes from A-Rod, and that already scares me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could be a lot of fun. It could be amazing. I mean, I guess that is a good point. We'll see what happens with that head coaching stuff, and we're going to talk about that this week and whatnot. Cause right. That, that'll – so much will be developing later on right. in the coming months, but that organization is going to be real fun to talk about. All of a sudden, it's a it looks like, and obviously this could change like that. I mean, you know, Bell could decide to play and be fine and get the right deal, and Brown and them could all figure it out, and then all of a sudden they're the kings of You're the right. North. So that could happen. It doesn't uh... look like it's going to be that way. <laughs> so. Taking that into consideration, it's looking like Baker versus Lamar for the next, well, how many of your years hey, for the North? Which it. is awesome. Dig it. I dig that a ton. That's a good little transition into our next topic, uh, talking about 
uh, the end of the year awards. Uh, yeah, we're gonna yeah. talk about this for the final time. We've been talking about it yeah. a couple times throughout the course of the year, but this is our final conversation on it. Uh, so we're gonna talk about uh, the list of awards, which I know you so have. We're just gonna so we're just going to go. So you just want to go through one by one and say who we think they. Yeah, let's be? let's let's do so it. So let's start with executive of the year. Executive of the year. They I list. Would... They list ten. Do you want to give me the list of the ten possibles, or do you just want to give me what you think? Uh, I mean, you can talk about this one first. I know we already agree okay. on it, so I won't nail right. it. Oh, either. so we do agree. We on do it. agree on. So this. I I think it's got to be Chris Ballard of Indianapolis. Although I don't I don't want to discredit John Dorsey or Ryan Pace. Um, from yeah. Cleveland and, and Chicago, respectively, both of them did excellent jobs. But I think it has to be. Um, I just forgot his name. <laughs> Chris Ballard, thank you. When you draft an All Pro with your first two picks, I mean Darius Leonard and Quentin Nelson are both first team AP All Pro players, and those that's what your first two picks, and you had even other good picks past there, and you, you the places the, Another interesting thing is the players that he added around Luck on the offense are not big-name players, but they have produced, and they've yeah. been a part of that offense. And also, when you bounce back from Josh McDaniels leaving this, this and is find the key for me. Frank Reich, yeah. who took your team from 1-5 and five all the way to the playoffs, one game away from the division title, that's incredible. It's just he, he did an amazing job with this yes. football team, and they – they're the sixth seed, but I would not want to play the Indianapolis Colts. He was thrown deep, deep into the fire yeah. when Josh McDaniels walked away from the altar at the last minute, and I think he responded and rebounded extremely well. I love the fire he showed in yeah. that conference immediately thereafter when he was like, the rivalry's back on. I right. thought that was so B.A. Yeah. Um, but you're right, turning those rocks over and finding – I don't even want to say finding Frank Reich because it's 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 weird because we're talking about the offensive coordinator for the Super Bowl champions. I mean, like this right. wasn't like this dude that was like, right. who's this schmuck? But the other interesting thing about it is that he wasn't the play caller. Well, I mean, that's, Doug Peterson's a play I mean, caller, but Doug Peterson was under Andy Reid, and Andy Reid was the play caller. So fair, it's like that. Fair. Kind of thing. I just, but I I feel like you don't often see offensive coordinators who aren't the play callers. You know what I mean? I mean, I think so. it's not as. But uh, but regardless, it's this your 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 portion of the- yeah no. But I, I mean, like I agree. I I think he definitely deserves it. You're right. I would I would probably put Dorsey at number two just because of the way he's yeah. come in and he's. I think he's brought stability to that organization, yeah. the Cleveland Browns, for the first time in a really long time. Yeah, things are definitely trending up. But I think for this year, right now, you saw the immediate results. Yeah, with with Ballard. So absolutely. All right. So here we go. Uh, offensive rookie of the year. Offensive rookie of the year. And now I'm uh, I'm gonna throw out a name that I think is gonna you're gonna like because it's uh, a little bit different than anything I've talked about uh, throughout the course of the year. And I know it won't happen, but okay. I definitely think it should. And it's Lamar Jackson. Oh, okay. Lamar Jackson deserves to be the NFL rookie I of the year. I love it. Tell me why. Because I I've preached a lot about how it should go to Saquon Barkley because it's not a quarterback's game. Yeah. And I think I think we all probably know it's going to be Baker Mayfield. Okay. And it's definitely deserved. He broke the rookie record and all that cool stuff. I'm glad I'm glad you said I'm glad you said this because now I this now I'm glad that in the rest of the segment I can be thinking about this is who I think it should be, not who I think it's going to be. I, I, yeah, I mean like I think that's what's important because to me the rookie NFL rookie of the year should be a player who came in 
and helped his team win. I think that's what's most important. And we can right. talk about all the accolades or the we, stats that, that Barkley did. did that. Yes, but other than a fluke play in Kansas City, Lamar Jackson is undefeated. undefeated. That's true. He's he got his team to the playoffs. Yeah. A team that I know you wrote off I mean, was like, were, this team's were, not going to make it. They were 4-5, and five, third in the division, almost fourth. They only had... Because Cincinnati had not fallen off completely yet. Yeah. They were left for dead, and Lamar won six out of seven. Almost seven in a row. Almost seven in a row. And we could talk about all the things about how the Steelers fell off, and how Cincy fell off, and yeah. maybe the Stars kind of aligned to get them there. But the Still. fact is, they took care of business, and it was on the strengths of mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And I'm so happy to be talking about this because I was the person that was like, Lamar Jackson is not going to be starting this year. He's not ready. It's not going to work. But it's completely worked. And everyone in that organization bought into it. I think it saved Harbaugh's job there. Mm -hmm. And I think just everything worked out perfectly. So if you're talking about a a player, and this is how I look at these awards. It's not a statistical thing. It's not. It's whoever impacted their team the most. Okay. And I think that is Lamar Jackson. I love I love everything you said. And I think I want to point out something to people. That if you are kind of a box score scout or you haven't really watched a lot, don't just write this off as, oh, this offense can't work in the NFL because they're just read option. Watch. I don't know if you've ever watched them play. Watch the design of a lot of these plays. And it is so unique. It is creative and it is innovative. It's just not sh- it's not Sean McVay pass offense innovative. It's it's the the Ravens run game, um, is what the Rams passing game is in terms of scheme. It's That's that interesting. it's that creative and I really like really if you're gonna watch this game aren't they the Saturday the, no the first game on Sunday they're the one o'clock slate on Sunday yeah watch because the, there was a big thing about. The Chargers won 12 games. Now they have a 1 o'clock game in Baltimore, yeah. which is actually like 10 a.m. Yeah, who cares? Their time. But regardless, um, watch that game and watch how they scheme up these runs and these plays and the run pass options they have. And this is one of the tidbits that I was going to talk about. There's this guy on Twitter. Excuse me. I forget what his name is. but <laughs> Well, he's, a, he's, he's not a reporter, but he's one of those people who's sort of a fan, but got sort of Twitter famous, and so he tweets about the team, and he's kind of a reporter sort of thing. Okay. There's a lot of those on Twitter. Uh, but regardless, he talked about how Lamar Jackson's really unique because his accuracy actually drops when he's throwing on the run. But So he's actually a pure pocket passer who just happens to run a 4-3-40. It's so interesting to me because most of his best passes happen when he's just standing tall in the pocket. Absolutely. I'm trying to remember this. There's a specific play. I can't remember – uh, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, but he's in the pocket and he dodges three or four sacks in the pocket and remains there and then throws a dart. And it was so cool to me to watch because you think of a guy like Lamar Jackson and you think of the stereotypical uh, scrambling quarterback where if the first couple reads aren't there or the pressure comes, they just run. And Lamar, there at times, many times, doesn't do that. Yeah. He moves and shifts and he's not only is he run a 4-3, but he is so shifty and quick and lateral quickness is off the chart so he can just dodge real quick and then boom throw a pass it's just his a fun to watch and i'm really i'm happy you said that yeah i mean (laughs) i'll I'll just say this to wrap up this my my point on it and i still believe that lamar jackson's game is going to have to evolve for him to stay healthy well he certainly will have to grow as most every rookie will you know right i'm just worried about 
him getting injured. That that's okay. what it is for me. But okay. you're saying some people are like this offense can't survive in the NFL. I think it's almost. I, I'm glad that I'm not an AFC North opponent, yeah. like fan wise, because I'd be so frustrated. Because you know what's going to happen. Just no one can stop it, and that <laughs> would just annoy the heck out of me be like come on like you know it's going to edwards or the back or lamar but I mean, just nobody stops it what's so funny to me is that people say all the time this kind of offense can't last or this can't last or that can't last but the two what are the two biggest examples of this type of offense working in the nfl this team and the denver broncos of with tim tebow both offenses were not stopped all the way to one of them a playoff win yeah so Maybe the reason that it hasn't worked is because nobody's stuck with it. Interesting. And the Ravens are sticking with it right now, and it hasn't really been stopped yet. So I, I, I'm so excited to see them continue. And I, I, we're kind of off topic of what we were doing, but still, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to talk about this because it's very cool. Yeah. Um, I want to say Saquon. Yeah. Because I love I think it, him. I mean, it's, it's and he's absolutely so deserved. valuable to that team. But I think it. Not only will it be if if I'm picking, I still pick Baker Mayfield. Yeah, just because he just totally transformed that team from a team that nobody wanted to play to be one game out of a playoff spot. Yeah, they're one or two games out of a playoff spot, and if they would have made the playoffs, I believe most teams that would have faced them would have been terrified to play that team because that defense was legit at the end of the year, and Baker was leading them all to believe in it, no matter what. Yeah. And so the, the numbers are there and the accolades are there. It's just the fire that he plays with and just waking up feeling dangerous is now a saying <laughs> that'll happen for the rest of the entity of the NFL. It's just – he just totally transformed a city, a team, and a fan base into believing that they can take whatever. And I – as much as I would, as much as I love your answer of of Lamar and believe in it, and as much as I would love to say our alma mater, Penn State, Saquon Barkley, and he if he won it, he would absolutely deserve it. Yeah, I just I I think it has to be Baker Mayfield. No, I, you're right. Yeah. Baker, like I will win. Baker will. win. I mean, yeah, win. he will win. It's just it, which is sad because it's not it's not sad this year because I believe it's deserved. But there are there are a ton of years where I don't believe that the award should go to a quarterback. We talk about this often, but still, absolutely. Um, just throw this in here uh, to wrap up Baker Mayfield, uh-huh. our Baker tracker. End of the year was officially uh, thirteen yards. Oh, thirteen short, yards short, which is insane. One more pick than projected, and one less, and one less touchdown. In Sane. Yeah, I'm pretty proud of that one. It's awesome. <laughs> I forced you to go specific for the first time, and you almost nailed it. Yeah. If we're playing the prices right, you just want a car. I'm. I, that's the thing is, I'm glad it was under versus over. Right. I, I thought that too. I was like, you know right. what? Like, I went to that game rule, and I was like, if you're over, you still lose. If you're playing the prices right, you just won. <laughs> so that's insane. I love it. Love it. All right, moving on. Coach of the year. Coach of the year. This one's interesting. Uh-huh. Uh, do you want me to go first? Yes. Um, all right. So I'm going to, I'm actually going to pivot my answer a little bit cause it's going to, yeah. I want to say it's not going to conflict, but I don't want to yeah. just talk about one thing too, too much. Uh, I'm going to go 
with possibly low hanging fruit. Okay. Uh, but it's still, in my opinion, Sean Payton. Okay. I think okay. the way that he's maybe I'm taking a body of work compared to just this year, which I'm, might be dangerous. Well, here's the thing. Uh, before you finish, I'm looking. So this is a article that I'm looking at is listing who they think it's going to be. Okay. And they have all these contributed writers that voted on it and get points. Sean Payton's not even on this list. Wow. I mean. I'm glad I can, said I it, can say a plethora of different answers, I know. but in my opinion, I mean, we talked about it two was it last week or two weeks ago when I talked about the head the coach of the year is saturated this year. There's so many great coaches. You're absolutely correct. And maybe I'm thinking too much about like the past handful of years, but I just love okay. the way he's transformed the team to not be relying on Drew Brees That's to throw true, six thousand yards true, and every time. And so he's built this defense up, and I mean he's obviously known for an offensive guy, but he yeah. got these pieces that he wanted that he knew would work at the gels together. Uh-huh. And I think for as good as the team is, I mean, they're 13 and three right now. Right. First round by, but after getting for all intents and purposes, I don't want to say blown out, but I mean, it was a close game in week one, but put up, I don't remember what Tampa put like 48 or 50 or something like that. I mean, everybody's like, Oh, this, this team is, this is not going to do anything. And even the first handful of weeks, the defense was still, but I was like, hang on, it's okay. Well, they, when they lose that first game, they win 13 out of 15 games and obviously they lose the last game. But so I just, I believe in him and I just think he's so darn smart. And I think he Mm -hmm. is a guy that obviously you said nobody voted for him. I think he's a guy that flies under the radar. I think he's underappreciated. And if you took Sean Payton out of New Orleans right now, you'd still have Drew Brees and you'd still have those running backs, but I don't think they find the continuity without him. Okay. Okay. I like that answer. Excuse me. Sorry. My answer? No, I'll say it in a second. Sure. Yeah. Uh, it's tough for me. It's very close between three, but I very confidently say Matt Nagy for me. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um... I thought I thought about Frank Reich, but I'll just say this now. My answer was Frank Reich. Yeah. But I'm going to talk about something in a little bit. I thought about Frank Reich. I I don't think I don't think one uh, wins executive and head coach of the year personally. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, yeah, but uh, and then I, I also I also would heavily consider Pete Carroll because I think he's done an amazing job. Oh yeah, okay, totally like transforming this defense that lost all their Legion of Boom. It's a new Legion of Boom, and yeah. And totally new defensive front, and they f- finally figured out their run game with Chris Carson, with a little bit of Rashad Penny and Mike Davis sprinkled in. It's just they really figured out that team, and he's done a great job. But for like me, it's got to be Matt Nagy. Great answer. Uh, because you look at a team that no, that a lot of people were there. Were I don't want to say very high on, but they were excited about this year because they said a lot of changes were made and things. Were, but they, nobody thought they were going to be anything, and here they are. Yeah, one game out of a first round bye. Winning their division very convincingly for sure by three games, yeah, and just looking at this offense and how he schemes it and the pieces that he decided to add along with Ryan Pace, the GM, they just they put this offense together and he runs it like a well-oiled machine. And I I don't know how this has changed throughout the year, but I know halfway through the year they talked about how uh, the the Bears' offensive efficiency had a big drop off from the first quarter to the second quarter. Because, uh, and then it had made another uptick in the third quarter because, and you look at that and you think, well, they ran out of their script, which Nag- Nagy so expertly puts together. They run out of their offensive script. 
So then it drops down because people figured it out and he's just kind of going on the fly. And the third quarter goes back up because they had halftime to make adjustments to make okay. a new script. So you just look at him being able to script things so well. And then I think I'm pretty sure they figured it out near the end of the year because their offense has been consistently better. They've been able to run the ball better. They've been able to run the ball. Like Jordan Howard has come alive yes. in these last four to five weeks. That's key. It, it is key to have that bell cow and then sprinkle in Tariq Cohen. Uh, and we'll talk about that game later because I think this game on Sunday is going to be a huge Tariq Cohen game. Uh, but I just he's made this team believe. He's made Mitch Trubisky look like a, a top tier quarterback. I don't top top tier being like top half. No, okay. you know what I mean. Um, and he's just he's he's figured it out. This team is dangerous. This defense is unbelievable. This is a good time for me to bring up my tidbit about the um, the Bears defense. Uh, this is all these stats are incredible because the Bears for a while I sat there and I was like the Ravens are the best defense but right now after reading these stats the, the Bears are the best defense in the NFL and I will so they are number one in takeaways with 36 they are they allow the lowest passer rating of the NFL at 72.9 for those of you who don't know passer rating that well the high the perfect passer rating is 158.3 they allow 72.9 on average. Uh, they have number one defense on three and out percentage with uh, .268. Okay. They are number one in points per game allowed, 17.7. It's just they are an unbelievable defense and a super intelligent, smart offense. And I think Matt Nagy deserves most of the credit for that. So for me, uh, yeah, he's the head coach of the year. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely correct. Um in that, uh, Matt Nagy is definitely absolutely deserving, mm-hmm. but we can't uh, take away the brilliance of Vic Fangio for that as well. I mean, You're right, just, though. Vic Fangio named all these defensive things. I think. Yeah. If I think one of the smartest things well, Nagy did was retaining. Him. He's up for assistant of the year, which he would probably win. Although uh, I think that should be a lock. The Ravens' defensive coordinator. Oh uh, yeah. Too. Okay. But, but regardless, uh, I mean, we talked about that at the very beginning of the year. When that when we talked about the Nagy hiring, we said one of the smartest things they did was keeping Vic Fangio. I agree. So, yeah, cool. Yeah. All right, moving on. Comeback Player of the Year. This entire class is vi- this one is another one that's loaded. Okay. Because you well you have guys like Luck and Watt and Watson and Adrian Peterson and Jalen Smith and Odell Beckham who kind of got injured so there's out of it. But also guys that I don't think people realize Chris Carson. Who had a great year. Uh, Allen Robinson didn't have a great year, but he made a comeback. Um, <laughs> Pierre Desir, a cornerback, one of the starting cornerbacks for Indianapolis. So, I mean, there are, there are a handful of names here, but for you. Yeah. Um, Unless you want me to go first. because Yeah, I have you go first. It's Andrew Luck. I, I, I think that, which is funny because it, it's very, very possible that the Indianapolis Colts could win exec head coach, and comeback player of the year, <laughs> uh, and defensive rookie of the year. So, I mean, like, it's... Spoiler very, alert. Well, regardless, it's just... The Colts have done an amazing job this year. Yeah. All around. But Andrew Luck, a guy that pe- a lot of people said was never going to play a down again. Yeah. I mean, the, I mean, it, it's been almost two years since he started a football game. And it wasn't even until midway through the season until people started believing that his arm was okay. Yeah, I remember they brought you know in Jacoby Brissett for that They brought in Brissett for that big lob, Hail Mary at the end of that one game at yep. the beginning of the year. So it's just, there were so many questions about it. And he just silenced 
everybody and said, no, I'm still Andrew Luck. And just listening to Andrew's final press conference after they won against the Titans got me so emotional. Because he, <laughs> he was just talking about it. He said he was like – he started talking about – he was like, you know, you start to to lie to people at a certain point because without even realizing it because even you don't know how you are or how you feel or what more you need. And then you start to lie and be like, no, I'll be okay. Like get me back on the field. And then you get a setback because you thought you were okay but you weren't. Just all these psychological yeah. and, and mental and emotional things he had to go through and – you just led your team to 10 wins and you're going to the playoffs and you're one of the hottest teams in the NFL. It's just, he did an amazing job. And for me, it's Andrew Luck. Yeah, I, I agree with you. <laughs> I think that will be the award he wins. Yeah. Um, I think that is a really good little point that he was talking about. And I feel like any, that can apply to anybody yeah. in life. If you can't not only, I mean, very specifically medical wise, yeah. but emotionally, if you can't, be honest with yourself, right? Then how are you gonna be honest with other people? You're right. And I just think that that's neat, and I feel like that's kind it's of big. a cool platform for him to talk about because it's something that I think he was really afraid of. I think he knew yeah. the opportunity he had, and he was trying yeah. so hard to get back there. And but what he needed to do was not, mm-hmm. and so he felt that pressure. And it's cool to know that that can affect anybody, right? One of something that I I heard. I was watching a program. I don't know if it was last night. It doesn't really matter. But uh, <laughs> Texans linebacker uh, Benderek McKinney. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Benderek McKinney. Uh, he was talking about Andrew Luck, and it's just such a fun Luck story because I I would love to yeah. be Andrew Luck because I just feel like he's like the the definition of like good kid because. Oh, yeah. Somebody asked him, like, what is luck like when you sack him? And he's like, he gets up and he's like, yeah, good job, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's just, that's amazing to me. That you get hit by this 300-pound dude who's, like, out to just knock you the heck down. You're like, yeah, you just, the, like, that's your job. You do good. And not not to play into stereotypes, but he doesn't sound like a guy who should be playing professional football. <laughs> he sounds like the guy who's your IT guy. Yes, And absolutely. I don't want to be stereotypical, but he does. And, <laughs> and, but he's out there, and he, I mean, what's, so, what's awesome to me, and this is so exciting, uh, Frank Reich is a former backup Buffalo Bills quarterback who... His biggest claim to fame is he was the quarterback that led the greatest comeback in NFL history down thirty down thirty five to three in, in the third quarter. They led the comeback and won that game forty one thirty eight. Frank Reich was the quarterback, the one who led the second greatest comeback. Andrew, Andrew Luck, Luck twenty eight points down to the Kansas City Chiefs, and this combo, you will never feel like you're out of a game with the two of them. And I think that's a big, I think that's a huge thing for them because they were down in a lot of games this year and made comebacks to win games. To make them look a lot closer. Than exactly. They especially that too because in the first couple of weeks they were getting blown out and then they made comebacks and just didn't complete them. Yeah. Uh, and that's another reason why I think Frank Reich's up there for coach of the year because there were a lot of games early on in the season that they just didn't complete and they just needed to figure it out. And once he figured it out, they, boy, did they figure it out. Absolutely. So, but it's just... There's not really much else to say. He's just a great kid. He's a great person. Yeah. Glad he's back. And I, I, I believe he will win this one. I, I think there are some people will vote for Watson and and Watt, but I think he'll <laughs> he'll he'll win this one. God loves you. Thanks. And we kind of talked about this, so we can segue into defensive rookie of the year, because um, we sort of kind of talked about this. Uh, ironically, 
Darius Leonard isn't listed as the first option in this one. That doesn't surprise me. He's the third one in this one. Third? Okay, I would have thought, I don't know who's second in this So, thing. I went first on the last one, too. I mean, I do think it's Leonard, I think, okay. to come in and, and be a middle linebacker who, for, in most typical teams, that's your quarterback of your defense. Yeah. Um, not always. Sometimes it's a defensive back. Yeah. Or whatnot. But most likely, usually, it's a linebacker. You're obviously in the middle. Right. Um, but, I mean, he led the league in tackles. I mean, he made impact plays. And yeah. I... I'm curious to see what... Are you also picking Leonard? No. Okay, then I I don't know who you're picking, but I hope you talk about the person I also think absolutely okay. deserves it, but I'm not sure if you will. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like if he wasn't there... This is maybe too bold a statement, but okay. obviously when their defensive coordinator, who I can't remember their name right now, but it was a Josh McDaniels hire, which I think is hilarious, but also awesome. Another reason why I think uh, uh, Ballard... Ballard deserves to because i mean like they're like we hired these guys and we're not going to just throw them out now just because we but i mean like he became an amazing defensive coordinator and he brought toughness but i feel like leonard i don't look him up really he's getting head coaching he is getting head coaching uh uh, attention but i think they just brought a toughness to the indianapolis colts defense that matt eberflus that they haven't had in a while i feel like darius leonard really kind of epitomized that i mean darius leonard's incredible and the story's incredible, too. But for me, it's Derwin James. Yes, okay. And I, I I hope, Char- I know Charlie's probably not listening, but I hope he is because he's from FSU. And Charlie... It's so, I'm sorry. I want yeah. you to talk about this. Okay. And I'm not, it's so funny because I completely, like three weeks ago, I feel like if I bet who we would have picked, I would have thought we stood opposites. Really? <laughs> like, I was like, I'm the Derwin James guy. Like, I'm the athletic, like, safety. You're it's like, you're fair. the big it's, bruising linebacker it's guy. true. But at the same time, it's just, for me, Derwin James is such a transformative player because he has played almost every position this year. He's lined up at defensive end before. I didn't know that. He's lined up at linebacker. He's lined up at corner, slot corner, free safety, strong safety. He does it all. I love the guy. And, and it's just, it's one of Charlie's favorite all-time players because he played for FSU, which is Charlie's college team. He almost went there for college. Um, and he... At, he would line up a defensive tackle at FSU and rush the passer. <laughs> I mean, just this kid does everything, and he makes big plays. He's always around the ball. And this Chargers defense may not be rated tops in the league, but they do not count out the Chargers defense because they have pieces. Melvin Ingram, Joey Bosa, yeah. and Derwin James is a superstar. And he will be this way for 10, 15 years of his career. He will be one of those players. And I just, I think that he wins and he's just, he's an incredible player. And as much as I love Darius Leonard, I just, I feel like it should go to, to Derwin James. And ironically on this list, Leighton Vandrash is listed as two. Wow. I yeah. think like, I he's agree. had a great year too. He's had a great year and he deserves me in the conversation, but I don't think he deserves above the two of them. Yeah. I agree. Well, also the the thing about Vandrash, uh, which is funny because I saw a lot of Cowboys fans, including, I'm not even positive about Mike's reaction, but I thought he didn't like it that much. Most Cowboys fans hated that they went Van Der Esch, and now they love him. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. he's a tank. But also, I think a big thing about Van Der Esch is that when you have such a great defensive front four as the Cowboys do, that really opens it up for linebackers to just pick people off. And you have a guy in Jalen Smith right next to you who had such an amazing year, and that did. makes it a little bit easier to, to help to team up with them. Totally. Um so I'd love to see the stat on combined tackles for the two of them because I feel like they probably be gross teamed up really well. But uh, 
No, I mean like I don't mean like their stats added together. I mean when they oh like when they team tackle together. together. Yeah, oh, okay. but regardless, I do think it's it's Derwin. And I think it's funny if you point that out that it would have been opposite, but yeah, because I mean like I for so long I was like it's Derwin James, and people were talking. I was like, but. Uh, Leonard's having a really right. great year, and I'm like, yeah, but and but I, the more I think about it, I just feel like it's the epitome of what the team is, and I think that's more important. Okay. I feel like the Chargers yeah. are still very good. I mean, like they have like yeah. that, they have that guy, they have the Joey Bosa, although I mean, like not for most of the year, they I, have the Melvin Ingram, right? But I mean, like you go to a guy on like the Colts defense, like who is it? I mean, I feel like Darius Leonard Sonner? became that guy, and just so that. I'm a the last li- handful of weeks. I, I, it's been, it's just changed. I was always on Derwin James. I am a little upset. I, I don't think he deserves to win the award. I still think it's Derwin and then Darius. And I think there are other guys. I'm a little upset that Tremaine Edmonds isn't getting any sort of talk at all. Okay. Because uh, I, I, I brought up some of his stats because he was defensive rookie of the month because he finished super strong. Yeah. On that defense, he really came on. But so he's the. First, he finishes his rookie campaign as the only player in the NFL with 120-plus tackles, 12 pass defenses or more, 2-plus sacks, 2-plus interceptions, and 2-plus forced fumbles. Wow. He's the only player in the NFL that did that. Yeah. So, I mean, it may be in terms of the position he plays. He wasn't the best middle linebacker, but he was one of the best defensive players this year in the NFL. Uh, He also, he led our defense, obviously, with 12 tackles and 12 pass defenses, which is, I think... We're the best. We were ended the year as the best pass defense in the NFL, and to have your middle linebacker lead the team in pass defenses is cool. Uh, we we finished second in the NFL in yard as the best. We, we're the number two defense in the NFL in terms of yardage. Had we allowed sixteen less yards, we would have been ahead of the Ravens. So okay. I just want to say that like we were up there. He anchored one of that defenses uh, in the season finale against the the Dolphins that we got to see. <laughs> He had a huge game where he had 12 yeah. tackles, a sack, and everywhere. an interception. All over the place. He was everywhere. Uh, he was the youngest player in the NFL. He became the youngest player in NFL history to intercept a pass on December 9th when he picked off um, Josh McCown against the Jets. And then at age 20, he became the youngest NFL linebacker to start opening day in the Super Bowl era. So I just, I know that I would not pick him. To win the award. But I feel like he deserves to be more in the conversation than he has been. And I think a big reason is because his team isn't in the playoffs or wasn't near the playoffs. Sure. But Tremaine Edmonds had an outstanding year. And I feel like some people should talk about him a little bit more. No, you're right. That's a great point. And I appreciate you you bringing it up. I, I, uh... need to, I need to because um, nobody else is going to bring up the Bills. <laughs> no, I, I, I dig that. I appreciate it. Okay. Let's uh, just wrap it up and do MVP. Do MVP? Just, okay, yeah. so we'll skip offensive and defensive player of the year. I feel like we would both agree on Aaron Donald and whatever quarterback doesn't win. <laughs> MVP gets offensive player of the year. Yeah. Um, all right, so MVP, who do you want to go first? You can go first. So here's the thing. It's going to be Pat Mahomes. I need to say that. Yeah. Pat Mahomes is going to win. That's fine. It should be Drew Brees. MVPs don't win. The and I have... The biggest, the absolute biggest, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say reason, it's too small, but all you have to point to is last week's game. Tell me, and Kay, Kay Adams, one of our favorites uh, from Good Morning Football, tweeted this, and she said, I don't know how you can look at this game 
and tell me that Drew Brees is not the MVP. Their team fell apart when he wasn't the quarterback. Yeah. And the only other player that didn't play in that game was Alvin Kamara, and their team just fell apart Drew Brees, when Drew Brees was not running it. And I get all the stats, trust me, and Pat Mahomes will win it, and it's not like he didn't deserve it because he had an amazing year. Yeah. But it should be Drew Brees, and that's it, that, the only reason to look at is in when in the Dallas game when he struggled, they did not win and they struggled mightily. And when he didn't play Week 17, they got the doors blown off of him by Carolina Agreed. and a third string rookie quarterback. Yeah, I just I don't see how you could not say that he's not the MVP after that. And I want to say a quick stat about Pat Mahomes that I, this is one of the tidbits, but it's I think it's so much fun. So there's only one other player in uh, NFL history since the merger that has put up 4,000 passing yards, 35-plus touchdowns, and 250-plus rushing yards in his second NFL season. Blake Bortles. <laughs> oh, my God. Nobody, Nobody's saying he's Blake Bortles. And, <laughs> and obviously, Maybe should, people should be saying nobody ever said <laughs> Blake Bortles can beat that much. Right, but that's the only other quarterback in the second year since the NFL merger that has had those stats. That's crazy. I think it's insane. That is crazy. <laughs> I'm going to take a quick timeout real fast. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. Okay. So my MVP, and this is, um, again, going to how I, I how I looked at offensive rookie, because it's not who's going to win, but it's who I think truly should win. Okay. It's Andrew Luck. Okay. If you take Andrew Luck off that team, off that, team that team wins two three, maybe four games. I don't know if I agree with that. No, I don't. I, I feel like Jacoby Brissett is, is serviceable enough that Frank Reich could lead them to, to a, a solid season. They're also the team. I mean, what pieces did they – I mean, they added offensive line help. Yeah, they added line help. Mack came back from injury. Um, I mean, but he played in added, Frank Gore last year, so he's a very a good couple, runner. They and added this, a couple This is a team that seniors. ended very bottom of the league last year. That's true. Andrew Luck coming back okay. helped epitomize. He brought, I mean, you have T.Y. Hilton yeah. and Marlon Mack, who really until the end of the year, I should say second half of the year. I think Marlon Mack is way better than people give him credit I, for. I but. agree, but the beginning of the year he was hurt. Yeah. I mean, they were rolling out guy Naheem Hines, who is like a converted wide receiver. He's a solid piece for them, but he, you're right. He's I not. mean, he's a gadget player. Yeah. He was not a true running back. He right. caught more passes than he would just right. purely run. I mean, right. I don't think he probably ran more, but... They'd use him more right. in the passing right. game. Right. And I know, I think you agree with me on this point, and it's something that I was beat over the head because you're you're right about Drew Brees, and I agree with you yeah. with everything you're saying. But again, I feel like if you take, well, I mean, like, that's a really great point about the Carolina game because right. who, who knows? I mean, it's a great example of it. But I think if you take Andrew, like, I think they struggle like heck. I think if Alex Smith is still in KC, he that team's doing. Just as I agree, okay. I don't. I mean, I don't think he's not going to throw for five thousand yards and all that jazz. But but they're winning. That's what the award should be. It should be if you take this person off this team, it falls apart. Yeah, that's what it should be. Most valuable player, and it's never that. It's always. It's always who is the leader of the best offense. Yep. Who's the quarterback of the best offense in the league? That's what it is, and it shouldn't. It should never be that. But I agree. So it's going to be Pat Mahomes, but it shouldn't be. I agree one hundred (laughs) percent. And I love that you brought up the the Week 17 game with the Saints because that's a great example. And why doesn't that matter to more people? I don't know. That's what I want to know. Why why does the crazy good game mean more to you than the game where the team struggled because that one guy struggled? 
There were games where Pat Mahomes did not do super well where they still won. Pat Mahomes, while he made a, an incredible play on fourth down against the Chiefs, did not have an amazing game against the Chiefs, and they almost lost. You mean the Ravens? Or the, or the Ravens. Or they still won. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, regardless, I... I keep interrupting you, but I... No, it's okay. This gets me fired up. <laughs> because you're right. and I you It's something that I have thought for a handful of years, and that's why I know he will be lucky to get like three votes, maybe. Right. But I think... I mean, I agree with Drew Brees, but I knew you would pick Drew Brees, so right. throwing my own hat into the ring. I, I mean, really luck is think on... Luck should be talked about a lot more than he is, because I think if you take him away, you're getting a top five draft pick again. And... <sighs> Andrew Luck is third on the list. Oh. Uh, of all these, of all of the, like, it shows, it lists the number of votes it got, and Mahomes got 126, Breeze got 118, and Luck got 97. Well, okay, well, so that's pretty respectable. List. I haven't heard anybody talking about him, but I guess I really don't hear people talking about Pat Mahomes. Right, because people Breeze are just is. so obsessed with him, and it's just so stupid. <laughs> Regardless, let's talk about the playoff games. Playoffs. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I guess we're not doing Pals picks. Do we want to do some sort of version of Pals picks? I mean, we can still pick the game. Playoffs but... Pals picks. With that, with that alliteration, we have to. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, game number one at 425 on Saturday, tomorrow, I believe is the Colts-Texans Colts, game, isn't it? Colts-Texans. Colts at Texans. I love, I was talking to our boss today. She was asking me, like, who is playing, what's on the slate, and what to look forward to. I was saying to her, I love when divisional teams For the meet third the playoffs. Because it just, it makes it's lit. already such an amped up atmosphere. But you throw in division rivals who, I think the South is a little bit weird, but I'd say these are probably the two most, like, the two that go head-to-head yeah. in the South. Yeah. So, it's just so much fun, and I'm so excited for this. Yeah, I think that it, I think it's going to be a great game. You know, obviously they split the, the series, so you never know what could happen. But Indy did beat them in Houston. Yeah, that, that, that's such an interesting so, facet. That they, they, they both won on the road. <laughs> the other person's house. So... But I think I think Houston's going to win this one. Okay. I, I think that it's going to come down to the wire, and I just uh, I think that that Deshaun Watson. I don't even feel I don't even feel confident in saying this. Just so you know, like I do not feel confident in saying Houston's going to win. I just think that Deshaun Watson's going to get it done with with De- DeAndre Hopkins. For those of you who haven't heard this stat yet, one hundred and fifteen catches, zero drops. <laughs> Zero. That's insane. I, I obviously the stat was, drops weren't tracked all throughout the the history of the NFL, but I find it hard to believe that that stat has ever happened before in the NFL. Yeah, you're right. Ever. 115 catches and zero drops. It's not like he caught 25 passes and didn't drop one. 115, and he didn't drop a single one. It's insane. This is why he's the best receiver in the NFL to me. And it's just I think that him and Deshaun go crazy. And, you know, Lamar Miller's come on, and I just, I know that that line is improved for Indy, but I just feel like Jadavion and JJ in the playoffs are going to be totally different animals than they were in the regular season, and I just think it gets it done. I talked myself into it. They're going to win. There you go. Okay. I would love, I would love, as a Bills fan, and Frank Reich, and, 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 you know, <laughs> and, and like, seeing, seeing the Colts make this comeback, I'd love to see them win and keep going. I just, I don't think that this is the year for it. It's okay because that is what you're gonna see. Hey, and I said it. I I have loved the Texans all year long, but this Texans aren't aren't the same Texans. I mean, okay. they've just 
I, okay. I talked about it a few weeks ago. Okay. All these pieces that they put around Sean Watson, they are just not there anymore. I mean, you have DeAndre Hopkins. Lamar uh-huh. Miller is back from injury, but I feel like he's still not 100%. Yeah. The line is just garbage. I mean, he's the most sacked quarterback. It's true. Of the year. And that defense is so improved. The defense is improved. Leonard, Sheard, we've talked about them. I think Mac coming on stronger for Indy is going to okay. help alleviate uh, that pressure that Clowney and JJ okay. are going to be able to bring. And I just, I think Indianapolis is not afraid to go in into Houston, and they, they won there before. Okay. I think it's going to be one of, actually, I can't even say that because I'm so excited for this docket because I think this is like the first year, and we talked about it yeah. last week, but in a long time that I feel like all of the wild card games just have like such high stakes. I right. mean, for a while ago, like we had like, Brock Osweiler and yeah. Connor Cook and like who cares and all that jazz and I mean I cared but well yeah but you're weird and so like every single one of these teams could be in the Super Bowl and so, so I don't want to say this is the best game but I mean so us guard. us doing it's a great start certainly and because we both confidently picked we're doing playoff pals picks okay and I'm writing it down I also want us to this is this shouldn't count whether we're right or wrong. But I want to give I want to give scores. I feel like that's fun because I think oh, it's gosh. gonna be a close playoffs. I'm saying Texans twenty eight, Colts twenty four. Okay, yeah, I do agree. It's gonna be close. I feel like this could be a game who has the ball last. Okay, uh, I'm gonna go Indy thirty four, Houston twenty eight. Okay, nice. I like that. All right, so second game, the Saturday night game, is that that's not Eagles Bears, is it? No, that is Sunday. The Saturday night game is. Uh, Seattle, Dallas. Seattle, Dallas. So Seattle traveling into Dallas. This um, is ruining my friend's fortune, by the way. Why? Because <laughs> I mean, no, okay. Regardless. So you did come up with one. We're I did. Well, it. now we have to think of another one. Uh, regardless. Anyway, so we have um, Seattle traveling to Dallas. The only other time these two teams have met in the playoffs was the year that Tony Robo botched the snap on the field goal <laughs> to lose the game. It's the only other time. Matt Hasselback threw the go-ahead touchdown with about a minute something left, and then they or with about four minutes left, and then with a minute something left, Tony Romo botched the hand, the snap on the kick to win the game, and they lost it. So that's the only oh, other time they play. It's, it's going to be an incredible another one of these games. Two very similar teams yes. with strong, young, talented defenses, great running game, and a, and a mobile quarterback who who's been known to get it done in clutch. Even though Dak's much younger, a lot of people have said he's a younger version of Russell. I don't think he's as smooth as Russell. Russell, when Russell Wilson plays, watch him. He's so smooth. When he, the way he moves, the way he runs, and the way he throws, it's so smooth. Sometimes Dak feels a little more mechanical to me. I feel yeah, but I think that's a good analogy. Uh, but I'm gonna kick it off right away and just say that Seattle's gonna win this game. I agree. I think that it's just I, Seattle's one of the sneakiest teams in the NFL right now because nobody's talking about them that yeah. much. Yeah. They're the best running attack in the NFL. Chris Carson is running wild. Angry. Twice in a row. Two, two weeks in a row he had a touchdown on the goal line where he should have been stopped five yards short. Yeah. And and Russell's been incredible. He's a perfect passer rating when throwing to Tyler Lockett. And it's just, I think I, I think it's going to be another great game. I don't think it'll be super high scoring. I see 20-17 to 17 Seattle. You're picking some really close games I here think, for our Saturday job. Yeah. <laughs> No, you're right. I'm picking Seattle as well. And it's really fun that I think that these two teams are meeting because when we did our naughty or nice thing, I think it was the naughty or nice thing. I don't remember. But (laughs) I talked about these two teams and I did say they were similar, but I compared, I said I would rather have Russell 
Yes. For that clutch factor where I don't know if Dak completely has that. And I feel like that's kind of really unfair to Dak because I think about two years ago when they got to the playoffs and how he led that amazing comeback against Green Bay and pretty much had it done, but then A-Rod did A-Rod things and Mason Crosby's kick, which... I don't have the stat about this, and I would like to possibly... Do you want to go stat guy? No, 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 no. Because I want to say this. I... I would like to possibly, regardless of how it happens, and if we have enough time on our show next week to get Mike on to talk about this, but Dak's a lot more clutch than people give him credit for. There's stats on how many comebacks he's had and wins in the fourth quarter, but he's, he's more clutch than people give him credit for, but continue. Yeah, no, you're, you're right, but I don't think he's Russell Wilson. I agree. And I've been saying it all year, and for the most part, it kept me in pals picks, and Russ, I trust, and I just think he's going to get it done. All right. And so I'm, I'm really excited. It's going to be fun. Score? Um, I don't think it's going to be a field goal game. Okay. I actually don't think it's going to be extremely low scoring. I feel like it could be like a 31-21. Okay. All right. Nice. Uh, all right. So Sunday, we just kind of talked about it a little bit. We teased it a little bit. The 12-4 and four Chargers have to go to Baltimore to face the Ravens at 1 o'clock. Yeah. But... The LA Chargers are that. I don't know if they're the only team, but they went eight and zero on the road this year. They eight and zero on the road, so they're very comfortable going away from StubHub Center. And yeah, because <laughs> that's such a big advantage. <laughs> I don't really buy very, into this I'm whole very, thing. I'm very interested to hear you about. I don't <laughs> buy into this whole thing. It's like, oh, they have to play a ten third or like ten their time. Who cares? Okay, they're professionals. Okay. I mean, it's not even a big deal. It's three hours. Okay. It's not like they're gonna be like, oh, I'm so exhausted. Like. I feel like it's 4.30 a.m. Like, going to work at 1 o'clock is, versus going to work at 10 o'clock for me is very different. Yeah, but it's just, okay. we can't. All right. It's going to be fine. Okay. Yeah, I'm taking the Chargers. Okay, okay. Taking the Chargers. I thought you were going to I thought you were gonna pick Baltimore. I'm not really taking did. Baltimore. <laughs> like, it's just so tempting, and I've been on the Baltimore bandwagon for most of the uh-huh. year, and I... I said to you last week, you were asking me, who would you be afraid to play? And uh-huh. I think they're definitely terrified to play them, the Baltimore Ravens. But the advantage is they already played them. They already have that homework. And it works for both teams. It yeah. doesn't just benefit the Chargers, obviously. Baltimore also has this scheme. But I feel like the Chargers are in a better situation because they perform so poorly. Yeah. Where Baltimore performed really well. Yeah. So you don't really have good tape or whatnot you'd be like this is what they did really well so we mm-hmm. can stop them you're like we already stopped them so what do we have to prepare for yeah does that make sense yes so does. we already see these things and this is the only team that's played lamar jackson already that's sure true. you have a handful of like games to watch tape on that's true. but having a guy actually having like your players see the way he moves see hear cadences hear how he talks those things i think that's gonna be so huge and pivotal and those that that defense yeah. that wasn't prepared for him before is going to be just a yeah. tiny bit. Lamar is going to play great, I think. I think he's going to make plays. It's going to make yeah. life difficult, but it's just going to be a little bit easier. I should, I'll say that for a lack of better words okay. right now. And also something that they didn't have, and I'm going to be real fascinated to see how he comes in and affects this game. Hunter Henry's coming he's, back. He's playing. He is Tight playing. end who blew out his knee he's playing. in the summer is going to be playing. He's That's been awful. taking first team reps. I yeah. think he's going to be so pivotal down the factor. middle. Melvin Gordon still back and going to be healthier than West, he was well when they did yeah. play. I, I'm just I'm still rooting for that okay. Super Bowl scenario you you uh, yeah. projected. So I 
I agree with everything you said. I'm, I'm, really? Yeah. I thought you'd be the Baltimore yeah. guy. Well, I would love to see it happen as a fan. I, I think it'd be a great story. This is another thing about these playoffs is there's not, other than the Patriots, there's not another, <laughs> other than the and maybe the Chiefs because people have lauded them so much, but there's not really a team that I would be disappointed that won it all. Okay. I'd be very happy to see every team go on a run. But I, I just, I think I agree with everything you said. The Chargers have seen it before. Anthony Lynn and Phillip Rivers are not going to let it happen again. They have Hunter Henry back, which is a huge key point. I'm glad you pointed that out at the end of the year, at the end of your uh, soliloquy. But I, I do feel so Shakespearean. Uh, I'm, oh, I thought you were going <laughs> to say shitty. I'm like, no, that was cool. Uh, but I think it's going to be a battle. I don't think it's going to be a high scoring game at all. I think that it's going to be 16, 13 LA. Wow. And I think that Philip Rivers leads the game winning drive with the, I think it's a game winning touchdown though. I don't think it's a field goal. I think it's, I think the, the Ravens will be up 13, nine, the whole, like the whole fourth quarter. Yeah. And I think in the last drive, Philip leads the touchdown, they kick the field goal and they win the game. And that would be so poetic. Yep. Just talking and, and I've been talking about it all year. I've been lauding and applauding Philip Rivers. And I think what's really just cool is I feel like if your scenario makes it even more fun because this is the Chargers team. You're right. They're 12 and four and they're the fifth seed. They have to go and travel. They're probably gonna have to travel the entire time more likely than not. So what a way that if they were to go on that run and they were to win the Super Bowl. What a way for Philip Rivers to do it yeah. is like he's always the underdog. He's always going to have to go on the road. If they're down the entire time and he leads that drive just to win that way. They have a number one seed resume. The only reason they're not the number one seed is because the Chiefs have the tiebreaker. And what I love more than anything right now, the way we've picked games, well, you picked the Texans. So right. if it goes my way, that means Indy goes to... No, no. Indy goes to Gillette. No, Indy goes to Kansas City because they're the sixth seed. I thought it was six played one. Six does play one. The Kansas City's the number one seed. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. Oh darn, that was so exciting to me. I was like, that's gonna mean that LA Indy. goes back to Arrowhead. Yeah. Oh okay. Well, that's in not my in my in my you're scenario, right. I, LA, up. I thought in my in my scenario, LA does go to Arrowhead and Houston has to go to Gillette. I mean, that which would still be fun. I that's would two, love that's two rematches. You're right, it is. So, but I would. Eh. So, score for the game. I, I think it's gonna be a little higher score than thirteen okay. sixteen. Um, I'm thinking. I think it's gonna be low scoring, probably close. But I'm thinking it's gonna be something weird. It's gonna be like a. I think. I'm gonna throw a safety in there. Okay. Like, okay. I, think I like gonna, that. It's gonna be like sixteen to twenty. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, all right. I said it's not going to be as close to as you, That's and right. I made it one more point. Yep. Uh, <laughs> last, but certainly not in the slightest least. Bad scores. The Philadelphia Eagles and good old St. Nick are traveling to Chicago. I'm going to go first because... I'm going to go first because you went first the other times. Because I, I'm not going to pick it the way you think I'm going to pick it. I'm going with the Chicago Bears. Did you think I was going to... I thought you were going to thought I was going to pick Philly. Oh, I love the storyline. Trust me. Nobody loves good old St. Nick and the Philadelphia Eagles story more than me. Yeah. But they simply do not match up against Chicago. The Chicago's defense, I just ran off all those stats. They're, they're incredible defense. It's unbelievable. Matt Nagy schemes them up. The Philly defense has been good in spots, but they're not nearly as good as people would think they are. I believe in Philly, and I believe that they're a good football team, and they're solid, and, and, and Nick – 
falls, brings them to a level that nobody quite understands and passes all belief. But the Bears are just simply the superior football team, and they're at home, and they're unbelievably good at home. And I just I, I refuse I refuse to pick to fit filling this one. Although it's still going to be a close game for me, I'm going to say 27-20 Chicago. I think it's hilarious that you were like, I'm going to surprise you when I feel like everyone's everyone's on Chicago. Oh, see, I thought everybody was is picking like, I don't know. the Philly upset. Is anybody? Well, I mean, like, I guess it is because it's an, an upset. It's really fascinating because I, I don't disagree with your pick. Okay. But I so strongly disagree with your explanation. Okay. I think Philly is the best team in the playoffs in the NFC right now, I guess in the wild card portion, that to take on Chicago. I think they match up, right. and I feel like it's because of Nick Foles and that RPO. They're going to help elude that okay. pressure with the way they use that offense. I mean, the and they have best. so many darn weapons. They have Alshon Jeffrey, who's obviously Nick Foles' favorite, and he elevates oh, yeah, his I mean. play. You know, <laughs> and we've been talking about it, we've been joking about it for so long. Talk about revenge game. Oh, that's Here we true. go. Alshon came back game. to Chicago, the <laughs> team that didn't think he was a number one wide receiver, I can't and has believe... done nothing but prove he's a number one wide receiver. I can't, I can't believe that we sat at the Bills-Dolphins game, and I yelled revenge game for Matt Darr, the <laughs> Bills punter, former, and, and I didn't say revenge game for Alshon Jeffrey. <laughs> You have Alshon Jeffrey, you have Golden Tate, you have Nelson Aguilar, you have Mike Wallace coming back. I don't even know what he does in this offense because they have so many other weapons. You have Zach Ertz who caught the most passes for a tight end. You have all of these things. You have these scat backs. You have Darren Sproles back. You have so many darn weapons that are going to help alleviate this. I'm laughing because this rant ends with that the Bears are going to win. No, I'm picking Philly. Oh, I'm picking Philly. Okay. I believe in this so oh, wow, strongly. You destroyed our microphone. <laughs> it's done. I don't even want to edit oh, that. Here we go. Leave it in natural. Oh, he's picking Philly. And I've been I've been so excited for all these picks. Okay. I've been so excited to go on this rant because okay. I feel like I'm the minority thinking Philadelphia is so in such a great place to do you it. You probably are in the minority, but that's okay. I mean, I definitely think so. I, I yeah. won't be surprised if Nick Foles falls on his face and we finally right. realize that it's Carson Wentz's game yeah. and it's his team for the rest of the decade and that's, that's right. A-okay. But I just feel it. I feel okay. I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl, okay. but I think they're going to win this game. I mean, I will. that would be so much. Again, I said nobody is, has more fun with the Philadelphia Eagles than I do, but... I, I okay. love everything about it. Okay. And I... I'm just glad that you set me up that way because you're like, okay. they just don't match up. And I was like, I just completely in my, disagree. In my head, in my head, when I, I said I wanted to go first is because I thought you were going to pick Philly's upset. But then when you started your rant, you said, I mean, I, I don't disagree with your pick. And I was like, oh, okay, so he's going no, Bears. You're, you're, and then you went going and I was like, oh, he's still picking the Bears. No, you're, <laughs> you're, you're so right. I mean, I think the Bears are the smart choice. There's all of those defensive accolades you talked about. That's so correct. And that's, and that's going to be tough as heck. Mm-hmm. But I just think... Doug Peterson, I mean, both Andy Reid guys, they're both extremely intelligent. Mm-hmm. You're, I think you're so on the nail with the Matt Nagy head coach award and yep. whatnot, but Doug Peterson's been here, done that. Mm-hmm. Nagy's going to be his first rodeo. And okay. and the thing is, and I talked about it again, I'm going back to the naughty or nice yeah. thing. I just don't trust Mitch in this situation. Okay, And if they can get the ground game going really well, it'll be completely different. But I okay. think... You know, Michael Bennett and Fletcher Cox, they've come on, and yeah. Brandon Graham, and you have Michael, or not Michael Kendricks, but uh, yeah. you have uh, 
Hicks, Jordan Hicks back, who was injured for a little bit. He's been playing extremely well. Yeah. Secondary is going to be a little bit iffy, but we'll see which one comes. But if it's the yeah. good one, shoo, yeah. I'm right. excited. Score? Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I, I just hate this so much. I hate score. Right. Well, last uh, time I asked you to go to specific, you gave 13 yards a touchdown <laughs> and a pick. Um, I think it's going to be, I think this is going to be higher scoring than we think it's going to be. I think it's going to be like one of those surprising games. Okay, all right. I think it's going to be something like 35-28. I think it's going to be a touchdown game. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. All right. So that, I like that. With everything we just talked about, do you know my friend's fortune? Think about it. No, but I feel like my friend's fortune was, I've already, like I've, I've already, within everything we said this whole episode, I've already said what it is. I mean, I already have to. What, what, Mine's pretty clear. All right, well, so should we just say it, or should Wait, we not? we can. Because I actually don't think I could guess it right now. Really? I mean, it's about I mean, the playoffs. I, can't say I mean, it's it. not about Philly, is it? No. I mean, it kind of. What is it? I could just tell. It's what? that all four road teams are going to win. Oh, wow. No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I all, did not I pick picked all four road teams. Which one is Because I sat there and I thought about it. and was like, which road teams did I pick? Did I go to all home teams? But I didn't. I went. No, you did we, we both went LA. We both went Seattle. Yep. Um. Wow. Yeah. My friend's fortune is that... Every single game is going to be within one possession. You're right. You That's did say gonna, that. Yeah. And so I said, which is why after I said we're going to do scores, I was like, no, this is my friend's fortune. <laughs> but I didn't know if you would hear it, but I'm glad we... No, I definitely would have. I'm glad we both said it, though, because I, I, I'm like that we talked about that. But I said, I think, because we talked about it, that, that this playoff game field is so much more fun than it has been for so many years. Yes. I think every game comes down to the final possession. Every game is is, a, is at least at least a touchdown, if not field goal games. I think it's all going to be one possession. I'm so, really, really excited. I think it'll be fun. I'm so I'm excited. So we're winding down the episode here. Do we? We don't want to do. We don't have any time for cold reads. Yeah, we do. Do we? I can't see it. It says 112. I thought it said 121, and I was like, I don't want to go too over. <laughs> I have a funny cold read. Ooh, interesting. So, so I feel I, like I have a really dark. It's not. Cold it's read. not football related. Okay. But I was listening to the Mina Kimes podcast. He's my favorite football analyst. Okay. Um. And they do they do kind of a cold read type thing at the end of their episodes, which is kind of cool. It's not called I forget what it's called, but they ask each other random questions. And her question was this, and I want to hear the answer. Okay, is there a movie that you haven't seen but pretend to see because so many people talk about having seen it? <laughs> That's a, a weird question. I loved it though. Ah, uh... Mina, Mina, uh, Mina Kimes and Mike Golick Jr. both said Hoosiers. I don't even know that movie. Neither. Well, it's one of the most popular sports movies. It's a basketball movie. Oh, but they. We should Canadian? watch it one day. I think you'd like it. No, it sounds. Gene like... Ackman plays the head coach. It's from. It, it's based on a true story of the. Well, this Indiana is why I would lie about it because you are being so judgmental. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to sound so judgmental. But regardless, <laughs> I thought it was a fascinating question because there are a lot of movies like that. I have movies like that. Uh no, I don't think that. No, I'm, I'm pretty willing to be like, yeah, no. You don't I have any movies it. that you. Okay, that's fair. No, I mean, like people are like, do you like Star Wars? I'm like, no. Okay, well, that's and, fair. I've definitely pretended that I've seen Field of Dreams before, which is another sports movie. That Kevin <laughs> okay. I've never seen it, but I've pretended. Uh, for the longest time, I've, pret- I've pretended to have seen Lord of Rings. Lord of the Rings. I finally watched them all. Oh, see, I thought you were really into that. I well, I love them I, now, but I never watched them until the summer after my sophomore year of college. Okay. So it took me a while, but I pretended for the longest time to have watched those. But there are a lot of movies where I'm like, oh yeah, what a great movie. Never seen it before. That's hilarious. I thought it was a fun question. That is a fun question. <laughs> now I feel kind of bad about my cold. That's okay. Because I had two that <laughs> one, one I feel like is mildly controversial. Well, my other question, uh, 
was going to be about the playoff games and uh, that I don't think it's ever it's never happened before that the that the road team has won every playoff game oh, in a week. Really? And I was going to ask you about it. I love it. it. And love them doubling down. You doubled down. So go ahead. Yeah. Um, so do you, yeah, this one, this one probably is more, but I'm going to ask it anyways, because I was, I I don't want to seem insensitive whatsoever. And I feel like people really could be like, oh, Josh, what a terrible thing to ask. This week, obviously the Minnesota Vikings had their like end of the year press conference. My neighbor came out and he was talking and they talked about, or they asked him like what happened this year. And he immediately talked about the death of Tony Sperano, who was their offensive line coach. And and I, I don't want to belittle anything about his passing because, yeah. I mean, he was the first head coach that I really grew up with in right. the Dolphins. The and he took him. He made that amazing. The Wildcat came to life with Made that, that amazing trans, uh, turnaround from 1-15 to. I was going to say, they won the division that year with Chad Pennington. Yeah. Um, but I, in a way, really just didn't like that he said that. Like. It, it obviously like he mentioned that as being a reason that they didn't do well. Yeah, they were like, once that happened, our entire season went down. It took a big spiral. Wow. And oh, I don't like that at all, which is upsetting because I love Mike Zimmer. Well, and I, I'm glad that you said that because I've been feeling like a really wow. bad person for like thinking that. But and, and I mean, to go in the organization, no. you can't say. I mean, it did. It obviously affected the team. Right. And I know those two are very good friends, but I feel like to say that. To be like, why did your team perform poorly? He's like, to start off, like we, Tony Sperano passed away. Well, and here's and my like, oh, and here's my right. thing is that I'm not saying that I don't like it because I don't I don't think it's a valid reason. I understand that that probably had a huge effect on you. Yes, but but I don't think that this should ever be your answer to why did you dismiss the playoffs? Oh, Tony Sperano died. No, I don't like that. I think that right. And and the reason it, I I thought about it this way, yeah. and because I thought about it, and obviously death is something that affects. Oh, everybody, every single day and year, and we've all lost loved ones. I thought about it and I was like, that's like saying like, if this is, this will be weird, but let's pretend this, eh, I don't even like saying this, but like, let's pretend that you passed away. Okay. Okay. That'd be like, for me being like, I, I'm going to do really poorly at my job for four months. Right. Like at my, I'm going to go do, just do poorly. You can't say that. I mean, and I, and I get that. I, I, I absolutely get that you, if one of us were to die, and please knock on wood, I don't want either of us to die. I don't want us to die. But if, if that scenario <laughs> were to happen, I totally get that you probably inherently would struggle. Of course. You know what I mean? But I I don't think, especially when it's a football team and it's you just came off of that game, I don't think that's – no, you're right. I don't like that. I don't like that you go right there, There's that. so many inner sure, workings, and I understand yeah. he was your offensive line coach, and he was a close confidant to Zimmer, and he helped that yeah. offense and was a huge proponent for that running game. Like we talked about how he brought back the Wildcat, and he's yeah. helped running backs go and perform well. Right. But for it just to be so immediate yeah. – and I understand they're close friends. I'm sure he took that very personally – but it, it, there's just something didn't set right with this me. This sounds strange. This sounds strange. I'm glad that you said this because yeah. I was like, oh man, I I no. feel like you were gonna be like, Josh, you're so heartless. <laughs> no, th- and this sounds strange, and I don't know how to word it right, but I almost would have not disliked it as much had it not been the first thing he said. Yeah, you know what I mean, you just said that his first answer was that. Yeah, I feel like 
had he talked about the actual technical issues they had the whole year and then talked about had how it certainly didn't help and had a big impact on us, the fact that a close friend and confident in Tony Sporno passed away. I truly you don't. Know what I, mean? I mean, Mike Zimmer wasn't saying, like, oh, the only reason we right. won eight games is because of Tony Sporno. It certainly looks like that, especially when it's the first thing you say, but... I mean, yeah. and I'm not saying he was doing this, but, I mean, it was very sincere. Yeah. He wasn't, like, being a, like, s- give me sympathy. Right, But right. it was just, it just comes Didn't off that right. way. Yeah. It, it's like, oh, right. like be a little easier on on this team like we lost our really good coach and i was just like oh mike don't don't like that felt awkward felt awkward to me my second cold read uh is something that i'm glad like you highlighted uh in the beginning of the episode because i was like oh it's gonna tie together so darn well (laughs) because you were talking about the coaching turnover and all of all of that jazz you were saying either we're hiring the wrong guys or not giving them enough time so Adam Gase was fired yeah. uh, after his third season in Miami, mm-hmm. and you talked about Sean uh, McDermott being now the second longest tenured coach in the in the East, which is really fun. But if you look at their careers, they're on extremely similar paths right now. Yep. Adam Gase went ten and six, playoff one and done his first year. McDermott went nine and seven, one and done. And they both went six and ten, their second year. Now obviously <laughs> some things are stacked a little bit differently. If and, I, and this is, I don't want you to be like, oh man, I, I want you to take the analytic approach again. And you, you do a very good job with that, with Buffalo Bills questions. If things go south, because I think there are going to be some pretty lofty expectations now because of, of Josh Allen and how it's going to be his second year and you're going to have all of those things that you're going to be able to improve mm-hmm. upon in the offseason. Absolutely. How much of a hot seat, it's kind of funny saying that, because like he hasn't done anything wrong, but is Sean McDermott going to be like on a hot seat going into this? And how much wiggle room is there going to be? Not should there, because obviously we think continuity is extremely important. We talked about that time in and time out. Right. But this is, I think it's a shame that this is where we are in the league with mm-hmm. just immediacy. But I thought that was so fascinating. Really, the only thing that divides these two coaches is one game right now. And I, I don't agree with the Gase firing necessarily. I feel like it's a, it's a lot more person personal yeah. uh, issues than necessarily wins and whatnot. Yeah, but. I mean, I disagree with Gase as well. Um, hmm. I think it really, really depends more than anything upon why they do poorly. Okay. Because if everything's okay and everybody bought in and there was no drama and all this stuff and then they go like, Two and fourteen or three and thirteen, <laughs> then yeah, he probably should go. Okay. I also need to say this that fan and analyst Adam totally believe that the Bills are gonna be fighting for, for the division next year. Yeah. I totally absolutely believe that. Um definitely possibility for sure. I just but looking at it specifically and how I know Brandon Bean is and McDermott and how much the city and the team believes in him. And the biggest thing for me is that it was Josh Allen's first year. So, no, I don't think – I think regardless of what happens, um, unless there's major drama or a, a total fall flat in your face, I think he's fine for next year, especially considering it's your second year of a quarterback. You have you had the highest percentage of first and second year players this year in the league, and you have all these picks and all this cap room. You're still building this team. You made the playoffs for the first time in 15 years the first year. I think he's safe no matter what. Knock on wood next year. Um, I just – I don't think there are going to be a lot of expectations in the Bills next year. I don't think anybody's going to believe in it, even though I feel like it's 
it's the sneaky pick to look. It's, but they have to have an off season first of all. They they, of they have to make good moves. I just believe in them to do it, and I believe that you get to put new offensive linemen there. You get him a couple offensive weapons in terms of receiver and tight ends. You get you get a running back, and then you then you sprinkle in depth of the defensive and side of the ball, and all of a sudden you're a contender. And I believe that. I fully believe that. Absolutely. And I feel like what again, did. and I, I I I'm sure we'll do friends fortunes and stuff, but I, I just I really believe in this team next year. I just but. I don't see them being fired in the second year of job. Unless, again, unless, obviously, something dr- drastic happens. Sure. I think Sean McDermott's fine for next year. And there are, God bless you, there are a lot of other former coaches and analysts who talk about McDermott very in bright colors and, and, and illuminate how much they think he's a great coach in the NFL. And I really do believe it, especially when you hear him talk. talk about the, there's jokes all the time about the process and trust the process and all these things, but... This team in the city believe and buy into what he's teaching and coaching. And their record obviously didn't improve this year, but they improved in so many facets this year on this team. This team is better. This team, in my opinion, beats last year's team. So, if there was a head-to-head matchup to be had. Sure. So, and I think they just get so much better. So, so no, I don't think, again, knock on wood, Sean McDermott leaves next year. I hope not. I mean, yeah, seems like a... Good dude. I think he improved upon the things that I thought he needed improved upon. Yeah. Uh, time management, those sort of things. I yeah. thought that was a lot better this year. So yeah. I just think that it's it was so fascinating when I was like, oh my God, they're yeah. in such similar boats and, and whatnot. Yeah. So. All right. So uh, I have some tidbits. Do you have tidbits? I have one tidbit. I'm you really. Go, you, go, you go first. I'm probably. Do you have any tidbits about the Saints? No. Okay, so you think you're going to love this tidbit. Okay. 2009. Okay. The New Orleans Saints win the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. They go 13-3. and three. They did. They lost to Tampa, Carolina, Dallas. Oh, wow. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. And those were, I mean, those were the last three games they lost in that year, but still. Those three teams. Wow. They won on their Super Bowl run. I told you it was going to happen week one. <laughs> I said it week one in the preseason. I said the Saints are going to win the Super Bowl. It's going to happen. <laughs> Rooting for it. Anyway, that's awesome. I love that tidbit. I do. Thanks. All right, I have a handful of them. They're kind of quick. Um, this one's cool about my – I have a lot of them about my team. I'm not going to say them all, but I found some really cool ones because we went to the game and I was following all those people. Uh, since 2000, there are only four players who have led their team in passing and rushing. Donovan McNabb did it for the Eagles in 2000. Um, Cam Newton did it in 2012 and 2017 for the Panthers. Russell Wilson did it last year for the Seahawks. Josh Allen did it this year for the Bills. So, nice company to be in, I would say. Yeah. So, there's that. Uh, get rid of that bookmark on my Twitter. Uh, only In the same tone of Josh Allen, only seven players in the NFL scored more rushing touchdowns this, this season cool. than Bills quarterback Josh Allen. Todd Gurley, Alvin Kamara... James Conner, Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, Melvin Gordon, and Philip Lindsay are the only players to make have more rushing touchdowns. And Allen only played twelve games. It's pretty impressive. It's, it's awesome. Uh, Dak Prescott. So Dak Prescott leads the Cowboys more than you would think. When his passer rating is one hundred or higher, the Dallas Cowboys are twenty three and one. Okay. When it's seventy five or lower, Dallas is one and eleven. Wow. Another Dallas Cowboys tidbit. Ezekiel Elliott has led the NFL 
um, in rushing for the second time in three years. Both instances, he only played 15 games. Uh, only twice since 1994 did the league leading rusher um, be active for more than 16 games. Both times were Ezekiel Elliott. The last person to do this was Emmett Smith in 1993. Look at my guess. Isn't that cool? It is cool. Uh, I fully believe if he wasn't dealing with all that stuff last year, he would have done it. Uh, I agree. Uh, Bill's defensive tackle Kyle Williams joins Champ Bailey and Gary Plummer as the only players in NFL history with 600-plus tackles, a reception, and a rushing touchdown in their career. Oh, uh, yeah. Isn't that cool? I wouldn't have thought Champ rushed a touchdown once. Neither did I, but I mean, uh, apparently he did. <laughs> um, uh, the I, I already said this, but the Bills defense finishes second in the NFL in yards, allowed 19 yards behind the Ravens for best in the NFL. They allowed 653 over the first six quarters of the season. Wow. So what a turnaround. This is a little callback to our cornerback discussion. Okay. Pro Football fo- Focus, the top five corners um, in snaps per reception allowed while they were in coverage. Okay. So this is how many times they took a snap when they were in coverage before they allow a snap, uh, a reception. Before they allow a snap. Number one, Richard Sherman at 20.2. Love it. Great comeback season. Casey Hayward is number two for the Chargers Interesting. at 18.8. Patrick Peterson's number three, 18.5. Number four, Tredavious White, 17.5. Uh, and number five is Cody Sensenbaugh of the Steelers at 17. So I thought that was kind of cool. Okay. Um, do I have any more before I have this last one? I have one last thing that I want like, to wrap up my portion of this. Um, no, I'm going to save those other ones for next week. But Whew. Peter Schrager who is on Good Morning Football, one of our favorite analysts. He wasn't in your top ten. At 8 o'clock last Sunday after the 4 o'clock games, he tweeted uh, five thoughts as I come down from the 4 p.m. window. And I thought these were really cool thoughts heading into the offseason and and the playoffs. One, Greg Williams may never coach another Browns game again, but that was one awesome ride. Awesome two months of Browns football. Two, Kirk Cousins is not fully to blame for the dismal performance today. This was back on Sunday against the Bears. Sure. And John DiFilippo obviously wasn't fully the blame for the team's midseason offensive hiccups. He'll be back and employed somewhere next year. I hope so. Just fine. Three, Patrick Mahomes just finished one of the greatest seasons ever had by a first-year starter, and Baker Mayfield was almost as impressive. Uh, Darnold, Allen, Jackson, and Watson all solid, too. The AFC finally has a young crop of quarterbacks to fill the Brady-Manning void in the future. I think that's cool. Four, if you can't love Nick Foles, his story, and what the guy represents, why bother watching sports? <laughs> That's one of my favorite ones he said. Uh, and five, the Ravens' offensive style. Um, this is one of the things points I want to make about their run. Run plays from 35 different formations. Wow. Milk the clock every single offensive play. Run plays on third and long. May never work over the course of a 16-game season, but it absolutely can in a 12-team, four-week single elimination tournament. Watch out. Heck yeah. I know those were a lot of cool thoughts. But, uh, yeah, I guess I did end up having a lot of tidbits that I thought I would. But That's okay. Fun. All right. Before we wrap this up, I'm going to throw a new segment out at you real fast. Ooh. Five-second question. Just want one answer. Like, Ooh, I like this. No explanation. I'm trying to think of one. <laughs> you don't have to ask me. I want to. I mean, you can if you want. Who's going to be the head coach of the New York Jets? No, the New York Jets? Yeah. Mike McCarthy. I agree. That's should, also my I don't, answer. I don't think it should be. I disagree. I think it's I think going that's to be. my answer. I, I like I like the nice uh, 
I think. Oh, sorry. It was nope, no explanation. Five, five second question. <laughs> All right. Here's my five second question. Okay. Which quarterback would you rather have, Sam Darnold or Josh Allen? <laughs> Sam Darnold. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank I you like so much for listening. Uh, enjoy this awesome wild card yeah, it weekend. Be fun. This it should be, be a awesome. lot of fun. And my friend's fortune's going to be right. So Mine is also going to be right. They could both be right. They technically can still I be right. I didn't talk about winners. I just talked about score. You're right. You're right. All right. All right, everybody. Well, enjoy it. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, like us on all the social medias. Absolutely. Check out Pocket Podcast Network. Like, comment, share. Enjoy it. God bless.